Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat, and on today's show, we are tackling the question of does every relationship need a CFO, and how do you even start merging your finances with your significant other? On today's show, we are joined by two guests. Drum roll, please. Meet Ollie and Luke. They are the long-suffering partners of your two hosts who kindly agreed to share their experiences in this roundtable discussion about money and relationships. This conversation is a little more casual than our usual episodes as we share each person's perspective on their journey of combining their money with someone else. This is super important to start a conversation on because one out of five people report relationship problems due to financial concerns. And this is particularly prevalent in the 18 to 34 age group where they report the highest degree of relationship strain due to money. We also know that high incomes do not prevent stress on relationships, with over 20% of those earning more than $150,000 as a household reporting to have had serious relationship troubles due to money. In some parts of this episode, the sound isn't quite up to our usual standard, but we promise the banter is much, much better. So please enjoy part one of our Money and Relationships Roundtable. Okay, so what does society tell us about money in a relationship, Kat? Well, I would say the most obvious thing is the fact that for most heterosexual couples, it would be the man that is the CFO of the family. So the person that not only manages the money, but I guess maybe sets the budget and the tone of like finances in a family in general. Growing up, that's certainly at least my perception of how my parents ran our family. And I would say probably similar for you as well, Lucas, but... One of the things that I would like to, I guess, challenge on that is, and what the topic that we're discussing today is, you know, who's the CFO in the family or how do finances and a relationship pair together? And I think I'm the CFO. <laughs> yes, I was going to yeah. say, that's a great place to start. <laughs> so who's the CFO? I don't know if Luke agrees. Uh, I, I would agree. <laughs> but I think for you, finance is such an important thing that you take not control of it, but you take interest in it. And I support you in that endeavor as being someone, you know, as your, as your husband, it's important to me because it's important to you. So I'm happy to help in any way. And <laughs> Which is true because I, when I sometimes explain to people that I'm the CFO, I then follow up very quickly with Luke's the COO because I feel like without. <laughs> I, I enjoy spending the money. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's different skill sets for different kinds of things, right? You need both people. Yeah. In money and particularly in relationships, it's really easy to default to like the planning and all the kind of like theoretical stuff, which is what I feel like I do. But then you actually need both people to be on board with the execution, hmm. because if you're not both on board with the execution, you're just going to have a forever grumpy CFO. And I enjoy, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy being on board for the results are good. And I think at the end of the day, being on board and seeing the results, I'm happy to uh, be involved with it. If you need me to step up to the CFO, then I'll do that. If not, then I'm happy to sit by and watch you do your work. Someone in our family 
they had, I guess, very traditional roles of who managed the money. And after a number of years of doing that, I'm not really sure what prompted it. I think just one day they thought, let's just flip it. And so they literally flipped roles. Oh, so, yep. So the female in the relationship took on board everything finance related, including managing all the payments of bills and like all the boring stuff as well yeah. as the yeah, actual yeah. exciting <laughs> stuff. And we have talked about doing that sometimes. Every now and again, I think when I get frustrated about paying something or rather, or I'll be like, why don't you just be CFO? for a while but if I'm really honest with myself I'm just way too much of a control freak and (laughs) nodding it's not that I don't not trust Luke to do the right thing I guess it's just core to one of my values which is the need for security and I think I really struggle to relinquish that because Mm -hmm. if I didn't have control or the ownership of all the finance side I would feel not very secure yeah that's fair to respond (laughs) (laughs) but also you love doing it too at the same time you find it quite stimulating don't you I do I do but I think but this is probably the part where I get sick of it and sometimes where I get a bit like frustrated that I have the job because it can be and I'm interested to hear from you guys because I feel like you're both still doing your finances Mm -hmm. but it can be quite an emotionally tiring thing or it's just one of those extra jobs where sometimes you're like I've literally just done my nine to five. I want to come home and now I have to think about all the bills I haven't paid, move some money around between accounts or just make sure that this is here. But in the same respect, there's times when I see a, a bill's been missed and I'm like, Kat, what are you doing? You're not doing a job. <laughs> <laughs> step up, step up. Was, all I can think of is like, it's like in a flat, right? Where you've got the one person that will totally take charge and just, I mean, either gets forced into that or just does it. But then... It's all. It's great until they miss a bill, and then all the other flatmates are like, "What? Are, what are you up to?" So I guess us, our finances are still very split, and we actually had a conversation about it today. So it may not be in future, but we'll see. So we're. It's like two CFOs just battling for attention, <laughs> deciding whose spreadsheet looks better. A conversation that we had today was how do we combine our finances without feeling like we're losing control? Because I think we both value having control over our finances. So how do you do that with your common expenses? Did you come to any kind of suggestion or where do you even start, right? It's not like you ask your parents what they did. (laughs) I think, how did it go? I think we ended up just trying to figure out what our values were. We had a few roundabouts. (laughs) The actual money bit is too hard, so let's just go back to existential crisis about who we are as people. We we did have some kind of discussion where we both came to a conclusion where we had talked about it and it kind of came from the fact that we'd read so much about like how to do it, what's the best optimal way of kind of like approaching the subject. But when it actually came to us having to kind of bear the financial souls on a car dashboard by where I'm nervously driving trying to drive straight the conclusion was that after a a heated discussion we are going to combine finances together but we kind of both had to realize that we both need to have a level of control and certainty around what we are contributing to this relationship because we both have kind of come from a point of security as a forms of safety yeah and having to kind of come to the realization that we didn't want to compromise on certainty but also we knew that the relationship needed to kind of give and take and I guess something that came up for me was not feeling like a burden when I overspend I don't want to have guilt associated with that and feel like I'm spending his money because I'm happy to do that with my money or Mm. my play money or whatever it is 
So that's a really good point because my question is, are you guys, I don't, maybe you haven't actually thought about any of this detail yet, but are you going to have the same amount of fun money or play money? At the moment and for quite a while, Luke and I have, but I don't even know how we arrived at that point. Ultimately, it's kind of silly because, for example, I get my hair done, right? Mm. That's like $130 every time I go to the hairdresser. Luke gets his hair done and it's like 30 bucks. So I guess the answer is I think we're going to keep our play money separate. So what we will combine is rent, like common shared expenses, and then I also spend a lot more f- money on food. And so the kind of extra food in our grocery shops, I will pay for myself. All the overflow outside of those expenses, we decide what to do with it. That's how it begins. Oh. And then it gets to the next step. And then before you know it, it's all combined. Uh, yeah, obviously brainstorming to talk about how we actually combined our finances because it feels like so long ago that that happened. And initially it was Luke and I got a joint bank account when we had basically been together for one month because (laughs) (laughs) he worked in the airline industry and we had to prove that we were in a de facto relationship so we could use staff travel, um, which gave us a whole heap of other benefits, which were totally worth having a joint bank account and a really (laughs) awkward conversation like a month into (laughs) dating. But I distinctly remember Luke saying, to me don't read into what's happening here other than the fact that you're going to be able to fly business class and I was like I am reading into everything (laughs) the next step I think was really most of our listeners on the show would know that we saw a financial advisor and we saw her independently first before combining but I think the really next like tipping point of basically everything feeling like it was all just smooshed in together was when we bought a house yeah yeah because we tried at the start where I was basically contributing the deposit from money that I had received in inheritance, mm-hmm. but Luke had all the serviceability because his income was a lot higher than mine and his uh, cash right. flow, like I could service the loan, but his cash flow ability was just way easier. So we kind of started this whole like convoluted plan of we wanted to be 50-50 in the property, but then how does one person fund the deposit and then the other person's paying for the mortgage, but then what happens with everything else and what happens if we split up and then it's all too hard. <laughs> Everything's equal, just everyone put money everywhere. Like it just, which I guess is not necessarily the best thing to do. I think that was really the tipping point, right? Yeah, and we had, we had to take a leap of faith in, in a sense. I had, I had friends that were going through property you know, breakups and they had to split properties. And so in the back of your mind, of course, it's always you're thinking about what's the worst case scenario. Um, but uh, you have to have a little bit of faith in, in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in this instance, it was um, let's buy a property and see. And it's happens. really hard, I think, once you've got those kind of big bills, you know, like when you're paying a mortgage and you have like lots of little expenses coming through from a house, Mm. it gets so finicky to try and be Mm. managing multiple transfers and everyone's got money going everywhere. So actually for a very long time, we didn't have either of our pay going into the same account. That was probably, I think, the next step, which was like, (laughs) we have a joint bank account and we're both going to get paid into that. That kind of felt like the final thing. (laughs) The final step was the time that you signed over the- um... Your investment account. I still remember that. So Luke was so crushed. So we had lost all control. No, he was like, no, this is the end. But what basically happened is because we had obviously our advisor that we were working with, we'd essentially been running like the same strategy, right? So similar to you guys, and that we both had our investment portfolios and stuff, and it kind of each of them was still building up and up and up. We had the house, most things were combined, and then our advisor was like, okay you're kind of just running duplicate accounts of very similar stuff. We should really start to consolidate some things. 
and we were fine with the idea of consolidating. But then the kicker was at the time I was on a lower tax rate in Australia and she's like, we should put all your income producing and growth assets in Kat's name because you'll be taxed less. So Luke, how do you feel about that? And guys, props to having an advisor because she just went in there and was like, how do you feel? Any objections? And I was like... This is so great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to ask. And Luke and was like, abort, abort, abort. He was put on the spot. Yeah, and I had no choice. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I mean, a gradual progression that now it seems silly to think we would do anything else. But at the time, it was mm. massive for me. You know, like Ollie, all of your investment portfolio in Christine's name, all of a oh, sudden. I'm sitting here sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> May that time never come. Hot, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but now it's 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 normal, and yeah. back then it wasn't, and I guess that's just the course of what happens. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we've definitely got friends and I've seen, worked with other people that have just always decided to keep it separate, but I guess we had our advisor or other people suggesting, well, like you know, structuring it in the most efficient way, right, mm. as two people is different to structuring it in the most efficient way as one person, and so if you're open to it, why don't you do that? Yeah. And we were like, that makes logical sense. Why would we be paying double fees or, you know, paying more tax? Like that's a little bit silly, particularly because you get to the whole relationship property act and you're like, it's kind of all going to work out in the wash anyway if something happens. Like, yeah. I think it sounds great in theory, but I think that letting go of control and overcoming that point, I guess that must have been really hard, is a lot harder than people think and maybe mm. would then be a breaking point for a lot of relationships or cause a breakdown in communication or things yeah. like that. For, you know, Luke's, well, very much lack of hesitation, there'd be equal number of people and have definitely been in meetings with people that are like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Mm. And then it is quite uncomfortable for you as an advisor, but of course the people that are in the relationship because you kind of have to help them, I guess, navigate this conversation that they are either haven't had and we hadn't really had it yeah and it's it's also about the unknown right it's it's the person you're with whether whether it be two years three years four years however long mm. maybe you're not sure at that stage that that's the person you'll be with for the rest of your life and and um that may be combined with sort of a bit of pride in your own financial history and who, who knows what but it's something that once you make the decision, you realize it's it's a lot clearer and, and a lot easier once you've actually made jump that hurdle. Mm. Yeah. I guess is like the next step from here, the actual doing at some point. Yeah. So, I mean, that was supposed to be today. As part of your discussion that you've had today, have you kind of defined who's going to be doing what? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Ollie has a bank account that he used for when we lived together in Wellington that is kind of just sitting there. And so we're going to use that for the joint account and then just give us both access to be able to, I don't know, spend from that account yeah. on those things. But then we did have the conversation of, okay, since Ollie really wanted to not forego his air points. Oh, they're, they're priceless. On his credit card, can we get another credit card? <laughs> so we don't have to forego the benefits, I guess, that come with being able to manage your money by yes. yourself, which I think is part of the reason why a lot of people don't want to combine. But in fact, I'm actually now going to be getting him more air points. So. More flights, more fun. Yeah, exactly. So just, I guess, trying to find a way to like – still reap the benefits that you had once before and mm. that looks like replicating what we're doing now but together but it's like what you said cat like we we're trying to avoid you know paying the double account fees and the small things that mm. we 
I guess we're walking uncharted territory with a relationship yeah. finance. Yeah. Kind of, it's a, it's a tightrope where we're trying to make sure that we're not foregoing our own freedom. Yeah. But not kind of half-hearting a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The financial side of it. But it did also, so going back to this whole values thing. You guys both said in the discussion that you liked having senses of security. So is that a common value that you guys have? Funnily enough, no. But what are your values, Ollie? Security was probably one of the most yeah. critical ones. I mean, I, I had other ones where it was more about the act of kindness, humor, caring, or love. Yeah. I think was where I kind of had my values kind of aligned. Yeah. yeah. It was a new exercise for me. Mine were awareness, growth, calm, and something else I forgot. Oh, Do you feel like calm is maybe somewhat security, but you're just telling yourself it's calm and it's maybe manifesting in a way that's a little bit more intense than calm? I mean, I actually <laughs> am going to say yes, because Ollie had calm as well. And so okay. that is the okay. common denominator. But is in feeling calm because you are secure? Yeah, maybe. Like you're getting a sense of calm or there is calmness because you know what's going on. Yeah, I think it's like the wanting to be stress-free. And so you you then want to embody like a sense of calm to avoid being in that situation, essentially. Yep. For me, yep. anyway, what about you? Well, I would say as I've kind of growing up quickly, all of a sudden things like car insurance and contents insurance and kind of the realities of being a living, breathing adult has kind of um, dawned on me that there's a lot of expenses and unknowns and when i can have that kind of security over my finances it brings a level of calmness to me because i know where my money is coming and going hmm. what about you guys what are your i values, am 100 we should just be in a throuple i don't think looks <laughs> the odd one out so yeah values for for me would be definitely the caring side but the, yeah the, the giving the, the family the uh, i guess protecting and those sort, sorts of things drive my fan, financial habits. You'd agree? Mm-hmm, definitely. I'm, I'm probably the one at a well, bar will buy all the drinks because <laughs> I want to provide, providing. As looks around the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, <laughs> yeah. like, if you think back to the sentence that you said earlier, you were like, you're interested in our finances because you do it knowing that it makes me happy. Yeah. It's not yeah. Luke's, I guess, deep desire for, like, security that's driving that. It's his desire for whether it be, like, protection or love or how he shows his, you know, um, affection yeah. and admiration, like, for me, yeah. is by being interested in that. But that then has, I guess, its own level of kind of, well, we come at it from very different angles, right? Mm. He's doing something because he wants me to feel good and I'm just doing it because I'm a bit of a control freak and I want to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think we have different financial perspectives is the way I look at it. And for me, money doesn't matter as much as other things but i i do have a an understanding of course that it's important and it, it brings us um, abilities to do things that we do find important um and my perspective is that that is very clear um so that i then prioritize it because it's not a value of mine but it is is important because the values that i have like giving and caring and those sorts of things uh, much easier when things like a good financial platform are there for you to be able to give and to care and things like that. I, I then sort of see where you're coming from um, yeah. because I have the perspective of being able to say, yeah, that is important. An important point that we made or touched on earlier is this idea of de facto relationships. And and I guess knowing that a de facto relationship is defined as someone 
or two people that have been in a relationship for at least three years or that are married, knowing that Ollie and I are approaching that point, it's kind of daunting on us that do you need to consider a prenup? How you could potentially be impacted by this relationship as an individual with your finances. Is that important? Should we just kind of let it slide and then let it evolve how it is? Any thoughts on that? I would say the correct answer there is that it is important because I do think that relationship property can be very serious for people and so that's a concern for you or you're coming in from, you know, a point of significant financial assets. So we would regularly recommend to clients, particularly if they had inherited money or family money or something, that it was clear to have some kind of distinction going through the whole prenup process. The challenge with it is from just a practical sense is both people need to seek independent legal advice. And I'm not sure of the cost in New Zealand because we've never looked at it, but in Australia that was about four to $5,000 like for each person. And often it's only the person that wants the prenup that has the money to pay for the prenup. Yeah, right. You know, and then you've got this awkward thing of saying like, if it was you being like, hey, Ollie, how do you feel about taking $5,000 out of your savings to <laughs> yeah, like yeah. never get any of my money in the future? <laughs> that in itself is a really hard conversation, but I do think it obviously has its place. I think if you're thinking that's important then it probably is if, if that makes sense um it never crossed my mind so i wouldn't consider doing it but no. i think if that's something you're thinking about you probably it's worthwhile maybe yeah. doing it because you know yeah. it, it's obviously important to you such a tricky one all the prenups i know it's often also that i think a prenup is to do with people that have a lot of money mm. i don't necessarily think it's about people that have you know, a small amount of savings, which isn't obviously true. You never know what you're going to have in the future. But even now, like the reality of, of your small, like let's say I've got a small amount of savings. And and, and one house, it's a million dollars. Yeah, that, that's, that's enough to cause. <laughs> I know. Enough, like if that was what was the reality yeah. of what was happening now and we were to, to separate, then that would be important to me because my situation at the moment dictates that $100,000, $200,000 is very important. Mm. When you talk about prenups, I'm thinking – Millions of dollars. Mm. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, $500 would be really important <laughs> to, to, to my well-being. So so prenups, um, I guess, yeah, I've always just thought it would be people with a lot of money, but it's not necessarily the case. Also, on the back of us having this conversation today, we talked about some life goals that we want to achieve, <laughs> do, slash achieve together, because it's obviously very important to be aligned with your goals if you're in a relationship. Otherwise, yeah. that could be quite a crossroads that you come to on that so one thing i'll just tell a quick story that will always stick with me is um, i worked with this advisor who said to me all the clients he's ever had that have ended up being divorced had their goals aligned but their values at the core were very different and he's like i can tell when you know if you think of someone coming in for financial planning, they're like, we've talked about this and we want to achieve this thing and that's fine. But if the way that they go about it is kind of entirely different because their values and what they really, you know, strongly believe in in life are actually off course, then ultimately that leads to more problems. So I think you guys have done very well with starting with the values, even if it's new for Ollie, but (laughs) it's it's a key thing to at least be aware of, right? Because as Luke said, like you can't change your values. But you can kind of, I guess, come to a common path or a better agreement on the goals. You can change your values, but I think it just takes a lot longer than something that's immediately changeable, like your perspective. There's something you can change immediately for whether it be an event that changes it or whether it's just a mindset that changes it. Um, That's 
almost a, a easier thing to do than to change your values. I think your values can also manifest in different types of goals, right? So you like you can always change the goal that you're moving towards based on the value, and that can look different to align to the person that you're with. Yeah. But if the value is your core, that's going to take a lot more shit to work through. <laughs> a lot more therapy sessions than just one yeah. chat in a car park. A few yeah. more podcast episodes. Yeah. yeah how, how many do we have? Exactly. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe and follow on any of your listening platforms. We also have a competition running on Instagram this week, so head on over to It's No Secret NZ and get amongst it. Looking forward to hearing from you and see you next Tuesday.